So business, but make it a fable. Now, if that piqued your interest, then you are going to love this interview with Matthew Turner today. He is the author of a new book called Beyond the Pale, in which he interviewed hundreds of entrepreneurs and learned all of these things about mindset and flow and business growth. And he took all of that interviews and he wrote a fable about it. So Matthew is himself a successful creative professional. He's a ghostwriter and a author now. And he also writes books all about business and mindset. You're going to love this interview. I had such a blast doing it. So let's go dive in. Welcome to the Well-Paid Creative Podcast, where we discover how to run a profitable and satisfying creative business. I'm your host, Gabrielle Chipier, and I'm going to share with you what I've learned in my 17 years as a creative pro, building my own business from barely scraping by to thriving. From attracting quality clients to charging what you're worth and creating amazing work you love without the risk of burnout and overwhelm. But I don't know it all, so in this podcast, we're going to learn a lot together as I interview experts and reflect on my own experiences, both the good and the bad. Before we dive into the show, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, hop on over to wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to the Well-Paid Creative. I am super excited to have an extremely distinguished gentleman on the podcast today, Mr. Matthew Turner. Uh, He's an established author, and I'm excited to dive into all of the topics. I want to talk about all the topics with you, so let's just get to it. Sounds good to me. Thanks. (laughs) So welcome, welcome. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get to be where you are today? Well, I suppose in terms of like my professional self, there's always been kind of two sides of me. I went to school to study marketing. So over the years, most of my jobs sounded marketing, specifically sort of a strategy side of things. So I was always very interested in like the big picture, bringing things together. And yeah, I was kind of taught how to you know market if you will and I always figured my career would take me into some kind of marketing firm or marketing agency but then on the side I always had my writing I didn't get into writing until my early 20s didn't do it at school wasn't a particular avid reader growing up but I turned to writing as a form of I suppose therapy more than anything and I found that writing just became yeah very therapeutic thing for me it was it was always kind of there you know in the after hours and it was always something I could put to one side and then return to and it was just very much for me but I being that kind of big picture guy I I I struggled to just write in my journal and not have it lead somewhere so it led to a book and um it took like six or seven years to, to finish that first book but once I wrote one I knew that that was kind of it I wanted to spend the rest of my days writing, 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 writing. And as time went on, my sort of marketing world and writing world kind of came together. And these days, as well as writing for myself and writing books and articles and all that kind of stuff, I, I am largely a ghostwriter for my clients. And a lot of the articles that I write, or a lot of it, if I work on a book, the, the person who I'm ghostwriting for tends to be some kind of marketer or in the online space. So the two worlds have kind of, come together after oh, 15 years. 
crazy to think how the time has flown. But well, you have kids, you know. Once those come onto the scene, time just takes them a new form. Oh, <laughs> it absolutely does. <laughs> so I love how that collided mm. in your world, how your love of writing and your love and your experience with marketing just kind of came together and created this new service, a new business. And it's just been crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, you make it seem so seamless and obvious and I can assure you it wasn't. It <laughs> took, I, I always call it wandering in the wilderness. I spent years working for myself and just wandering, trying to be too many different things to too many different types of people and it's only really been in the last probably three or four years probably maybe less than two or three years really imogen my my youngest daughter my daughter her coming on the scene played a big role that kind of forced me to really focus and go okay i've got to stop saying yes to everything i've got to stop trying to be all of these things and just be something to someone and that was a big tipping point for me and it's been like yeah over the last three to four years as when I've grown, grown, grown and, and found it easier to get clients, easier to keep clients and able to raise my rates and just found greater, I suppose, be, being more content with my work because I don't feel like I'm doing all these different mm -hmm. things, but it certainly didn't happen overnight. It certainly wasn't this obvious coming together. Um, well, with hindsight, it was an obvious coming together, but it certainly took me far too long to figure it out. What can I say? We got there in the end. Well, yeah, you can't connect, you can only connect the dots yeah, backwards, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a new book coming out. It's called Beyond mm. the Pale. Uh, tell me a little bit more about it because the topic is just so intriguing well, to me. Well, speaking of my, my daughter, I came up with the idea of Beyond the Pale probably about two or three months before I found out she was going to be a bust of this world. So we're going back around about four years ago, just short of four years ago. I always had this yearning to one day bring my fiction and nonfiction together. A lot of my client work was nonfiction. I had a nonfiction book called The Success Mistake, which I spent a couple of years working on, interviewing a lot of entrepreneurs. That was the book I worked on in my early days of working for myself. But I, but my, I suppose my passion of writing always stemmed from fiction. So I dreamed of one day working on a project where the two of them came together. And yeah, I, I don't even recall fully how it came about, but I had this idea of this kind of fable and I was inspired. I probably read The Alchemist for the first time, maybe six months prior to this. So that I think was a big inspiration for me. And I just had this idea of like this fable for the sort of more modern day not necessarily just entrepreneur, but the person who's very much consumed by the online world, they're doing their work online, which let's face it, is the vast majority of people these days, especially with everything that's gone on in the last year. And just the constant connection to the online world, you're always a finger swipe away from your email. You're always a couple of taps away from checking in on this person you follow or that person, always comparing yourself. And... I realized at this time I was very much caught in the hustle, even though I didn't think I was. And what I just said earlier, this mm -hmm. trying to be too many things to too many different people. So I, I had this idea of Beyond the Pale and it's a fable. It, I interviewed real world people who feature in the book. So there's non-fiction elements. There's a bigger sort of message kind of coming through the entire journey, but it's a, it's a work of fiction. It's a novel. 
And it's one I've written specifically to help, you know, today's entrepreneur and business owner just untap from their world a little bit and take a step back and question what success means to them, question their role in, you know, the hustle culture that is this world that we live in today. And yeah, just to, I suppose, question the path that they're on. I love that. And, you know, that idea of just questioning and not even so much assigning right or wrong, but just asking, you know, what's right for you and where do you find meaning in your life? Now, the subtitle of the book is Escaping the Hustle and Finding Yourself. Mm. So in the process, were there any kind of big, I don't know, some people call them aha moments or like eureka moments for yourself writing it and interviewing these uh these entrepreneurs and these successes? Yeah, I've been writing a few articles recently, you know, some book launches, getting in the swing of things. You find yourself writing various different types of content. And some of them have been folks that forced me to like reflect on the interviews, which I did three years ago now. So you kind of lose sight of them and take them for granted. And yeah, I realize now having a bit of time to reflect on the, the journey of writing the book, doing the interviews, crafting the characters. I never felt like there was much of me in the lead character, Ferdinand. But now as I'm reflecting, I'm realizing there's more in Ferdinand of, of my there's more of me in Ferdinand. And indeed a lot of Ferdinand that has kind of worked its way into me. And a lot of it stems from those early interviews because each person they, they focus on different topics and themes. They came at it from a different angle, but they were all kind of saying the same thing. You know, um, I, I interviewed Kamal Ravikant, for instance, which was very much focused on this notion of like loving yourself and just not caring what other people think. And then I remember there was Jules Trono where I, we, we spoke about the relationship between your mind and your body and your soul or your spirit. And there was Virginia Salas, where it was all about trust. So they were all quite different subjects, just taking those three as examples. But the, I suppose the premise behind everything, you know, they were all coming to the same conclusion. And it's just this notion of tapping into what matters to you. And as you said, questioning, questioning what you do, questioning what you don't do, questioning why you're doing what you're doing. And yeah, it, even though I wrote the book, even though I felt in the beginning of it, I wasn't in the hustle and realized I was, even though I became conscious of distance myself more and more because I was writing about it and I, you, know, you don't want to just, you want to practice what you preach. I still found myself just following certain trends. I found myself just wandering down certain avenues, you know, just the mind going down that same way. It's just, it's natural it's probably always going to be there to an extent. And yeah, I suppose one of the big takeaways for me is that it isn't something you just solve. It isn't something where you're going to wake up mm. tomorrow, next week, next month, and be like, I figured it out. You know, I, I, I live a life of fulfillment. <laughs> Fixed. Yeah, I've, I've got purpose. <laughs> I'm, I've built a purpose-driven business. Okay, yeah, I now have defined what success means to me. Great, right. I'm very much as from the hustle and I'm very much living a whole life you can have it in a moment but it's natural for us humans to get complacent it's natural for us 
humans to be thrown off course when a curveball is thrown our way, which again, I think everyone has had that to some degree after the last year. Sometimes it's a, it's a personal thing where it just affects you. Sometimes it's a much larger thing, which can affect everyone. Yeah, but it's not a one and done thing. So a lot of the stuff which I, I talk about in the book, this idea of finding yourself, escaping the hustle, um, a lot of the big thing lessons which I took personally from speaking to everyone is that you don't just get to a point of it's done. Like this journey that you're on is going to be continuous until the end of your days. And whenever you feel like you've probably got it figured out, something will happen or someone will happen or something within you will happen that will just say, uh -uh, no, the journey is to be continued. Hey, we're going to get right back to this interview, but I wanted to tell you about the new Focus Finder quiz. This quiz is absolutely perfect if you're struggling to figure out where you should focus your time, attention and energies to get the most amount of growth and change in your business. Answer a few questions, get a customized report and be on your way knowing that you're focusing on the exact thing that's going to move the needle the most. Now, if you go to wellpaidcreative.com forward slash focus, you can get started and take the quiz today. All right, let's get back to that interview. Mm. Oh, I love that. And you know what? And it's funny because I think the one thing that does change as you continually do this work is you get better at noticing when you do fall back into those bad habits. So it's almost those periods of time where you're falling back into bad habits and you're getting sucked back into that hustle and that mentality and that just constant go, 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 you get faster at recognizing it and being able to pull yourself out of it. And I find that that's one of the key signposts along the way this is the one moment when you wake up and you realize, oh no, I'm doing this wrong. Like this is very familiar. I don't like this. I'm going to stop doing it. And this is why. And I like how you've kind of succinctly put it as a journey and that you're never going to actually get it done, but you just kind of get better and better at it. As yeah, it well, I'll, I'll kind of explain the reason why I called it beyond the pit. So there's, a, there's this notion of, I feel like all of us, and this happens throughout our lives. It's this idea of it being a journey, but at any given time you're in a house and you've made yourself nice and comfortable. You've protected yourself and built a nice safe fence around it. And you feel content, you feel comfortable, but there's something within you, which is like, I wonder what's beyond the fence. I wonder what's beyond the pale. I can only see so far. And just outside of the fence is, is a mountain, you know? And the, the book goes through these three stages. Stage one being the awakening. Stage two being the ascension, and then stage three being the evolution. So for me, the awakening represents this idea of, okay, I'm going to go beyond my pale. I now see that there's a mountain. I now see that there's more to this, be it your work, be it your personal relationship with yourself, be it relationships with others, whatever it may be. There's more to it than what I know. I, and I didn't know because I couldn't. But now I know and I can't unsee. So I'm going to step beyond the pale and I'm going to stand mm. at the front, at the foot of this mountain. And you start ascending it. And everyone's journey up that mountain is going to be completely unique. And depending on your situation, that journey up the mountain could be, it could take a matter of days, could be weeks, months, years. But eventually 
you reach the top, stage three, evolution, and you've grown, and you're able to look back down the journey. You're able to look back and see where the, the wrong paths you took and the, the trek up the mountainside, or if I'd have done this differently, I'd have got there. But I got here and here, and, and you're able to have a more bird's eye view of your progress. And you're also able to look down and see in the distance that house that you used to live in, that fenced off house, and going, wow. I didn't even know all this existed because I'm now on top of the mountain. I can see there's an entire new world, villages over there, towns over there. There's so much which I was unaware even existed when I was underground in my house. But then you turn around and you realize you're not at the foot, at the top of the biggest mountain because there's another mountain, which you didn't previously see because all you could see was that mountain in front of you, but now you have a top. That mountain you were So climbing. a lot of the times, once you get to stage three, evolution, it just sparks another stage one awakening, which leads to the next ascension, the next evolution, and so on, and so on, and so on. And these can be rapid and can happen one after another, or you may set up camp at the top of the mountain, and you may refuse to turn out, or maybe you know the mountain's there, but you're like, I don't want to notice it right now. And, but at some point you step beyond the pale and you, you go on it again. So that's where I mean it's, it's a journey. There's, for me, when it comes to growth, whether it's business growth, whether it's personal growth, whether it's some other form of growth, self with others, it tends to fall into these three stages. Until you know, until you have your eyes opened, you just know what you know. But once you've had your eyes open, it's hard to unsee. Red pill, blue pill, like mm-hmm. in the matrix. You go beyond the pale, you ascend up the mountainside, and you evolve in time. And it just is a repetitive pattern until yeah, the end. Until the end. I love that analogy. It's so beautiful. So how many author, how many people did you interview for? There's not so many. I think there was 10, might be 11. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I had an idea for more, but then some just didn't work out. And, and it seemed like quite a nice number in the end. I didn't want to have too many characters coming in. And there's a few characters who aren't real, which are recurring themes throughout. But it was great to just speak to these sort of I think nine, 10, 11 individuals who just came in, offered their unique perspective and just, yeah, gave, gave Ferdinand like this, uh, like, like an anchor, if you will. Every time he started to wander off course, every time his mind started to wander off course, he would meet a new one of these individuals and that open his eyes again with helping better understand something which he just wasn't able to understand on his own. And yeah, you get to see his progress throughout. You know, and that's a lovely idea, especially knowing that as we're all going on these journeys, we all need mentors and guidance at certain points. And I love how you've almost written each of these people as a character in the book. They're almost like immortalized as mentors. In yeah, well, it's it's funny. It was one of the unique things which I wanted to do, and I wanted to make sure everyone is doing It's like, can I use you in the book? I want to use your name. I want this to be a fictional tale, but very much set in the real world. So it's, even though Ferdinand and his company are, are fictional and not real, he's meeting Jordan Harbinger, who has been someone who has certainly inspired me in many ways, and AJ Leon and Ashita Gupta and Kamal Ravikant and Ginny and um, Jules and Hollis and all these people, people who have inspired me <laughs> on my journey. Some of them have inspired me, you know, relatively recently in, in the last few years. Some of them are going back to 
yeah, like pushing back a decade. Some people I know quite well, others not so well. And some of them inspired me less in a one-on-one way, but more through their, their work and read them or listened to them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been quite a nice thing for me because although they are strangers to Ferdinand in the book, they are certainly not strangers to me. And, and as you put it nicely, it's like immortalizing some mentors in my life, which has been really, yeah, quite humbling and some, something I've certainly treasured. I love that. So of all your interviews that you did, was there a favorite one that you probably have? I know it's hard to make you like pick and choose. Yeah, it is hard. I'd probably go with AJ Leon simply because we managed to actually, after not seeing each other for a few years, I went down to Stratford-upon-Avon and we managed to hook up, have a coffee, have some food and some drinks. And yeah, I interviewed him then. Like we recorded a few of our conversations and they just went down one rabbit hole after another. But I feel like I could have written an entire book of just Ferdinand and AJ talking to Jonas. It was it was a fantastic experience. And AJ is a, a unique character, someone who does it his own way. And if there's a, a single person who I, I think can probably articulate the, the premise of what I hope Beyond the Pale is and what I hope it you know gives people, he's, he's a good sort of visual individual for that. He lives it. He's very much, I do it on my terms. I'm going to go a mile deep. That was one of the things in our conversation. He doesn't understand how you can build a company where you're serving a billion users. The only way you can do that is to go an inch deep with them. He wants to serve few, but go a mile deep. And that's the whole idea of the book. Mm-hmm. The third nine is this guy who's going after a billion dollars. His company's going after you know millions, maybe even billion users. Is all about surface. He's all about just going an inch deep. And then he starts to realize one of the things which drove him to start this business in the first place is he wanted to have an impact. He wanted to go a mile deep and he lost his way. And just hearing AJ's story, hearing where he came from, um, the life he's living now and where he's going. Yeah, inspiration. He's, he's a difficult person to not speak to, not read about, not get to know and not be... Yeah, lit up on the inside. Mm, I love that. Yeah, he's quite the character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what is kind of your biggest hope? Someone picks up your book, cracks it open, starts reading. What's your biggest hope that they'll get out of it? Comes back to one of the first things we mentioned. Question. Yeah. I. It, it's not a how-to book. You know, it's not a book that is going to provide any answers. But... One of the things which I learned, it's quite funny, actually, one of the people I interviewed, um, Jamal, I remember doing it quite late at night when I had a rather young Imogen and it was at this very desk and I was tired and we finally managed to arrange a call and he's, he's an interesting character, he's Kamal, he's very to the point and he basically just said, start asking me better questions, you're asking bad questions, you're asking broad, broad questions. And you're expecting me to give you a specific answer. And for me, that's a fantastic analogy of life. We expect specific answers, even though all we ever throw out there is broad questions at best. A lot of the times we don't even throw out questions. And I feel like that's going to be the case for a lot of people coming into the book. They're just going to feel like something's not right. They're going to be burned out. They're going to be tired. They're just going to be 
know, caught up because that's what life is. And it's impossible to start realizing what your answer is, whatever that may be, until you first figure out what the question is. So my hope is that Beyond the Pale helps open a few eyes and it helps people realize that they've been asking their own question or not asking questions full stop. And it gets them to question their own self, their own journey, their own pursuit of success, happiness, fame, wealth, whatever it may be. And to question, what is the real question? And from there, there's an entire other journey. This is going to be book one in a series of three. And the other books will release, I suppose, more in terms of answers. But yeah, these books aren't answer-driven. They're just there to help people open their eyes and ask their own questions, the right ones. Oh, I love that. Because you know what? I've personally been a proponent of finding your own answers, because if you're just given the knowledge, then sometimes it just doesn't get absorbed. We don't see it for what it is, or we don't even connect it to our own lives, our own experiences. But when we find out the answers for ourselves, that's just so much more of a profound experience. Absolutely. I love that. Well, I'm super excited for this book. So when it comes out, we'll be updating the podcast with the notes. Everybody can go and get their own copy. It's called Beyond the Pale, Escaping the Hustle and Finding Yourself. And Matthew Turner, thank you so much for coming on. Now I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, do you have a creative hobby or a side hustle or just an activity that you do specifically just for yourself? I, I suppose the closest thing I do is um, is running. Pre-lockdown, I, I, I was fairly into yoga, but not massively. Like, we always hit, hit and miss. But yeah, running is the thing that kind of always roots me. It's not particularly creative or artistic. But uh, but yeah, I said my, that side, it's always been writing. It's just kind of wiggled its way into the forefront over the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still the thing which I, I return to. I, I struggle to articulate myself um, as well over it. Like if, if I'm having a heated debate with someone, I'll always struggle to articulate it in, in verbal sense, like through a back and forth dialogue. If I'm able to step away and write about it, that's how I get what's in here out into the world. Mm. So writing's still very much my sort of side hustle, full hustle, every bit of hustle, really. It's all, it's oh, all the hustle and, and the, and, no and hustle. the anti-hustle. <laughs> and it's my, yeah, it's my go-to yeah. when it comes to figuring out what's going on inside. I usually always feel better, especially when I just write something for me, just write something in the journal, something that's not meant for others' eyes. It's just, just out there. Mm to vent, to release, to express, whatever it may be. But then in a physical sense, it's it's running. Oh, I love that. And I'm very much the same way. I, <laughs> doing the podcast and interviewing people and talking, I'm, I'm getting a little bit yeah. better, but I would always prefer to just, can we just do a written yeah. interview? Can will that work? I mean, you used to do in the old days, like post it to one another, write letters and then post it and do an interview over a couple of months. Yeah, yeah sounds good. <laughs> Totally. The interview is just like a chat string or something. Yeah. Being interesting. It'd be, make it interesting, but maybe we should try it. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> the next iteration of podcasting. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the, yeah, the next generation of podcasting. It'll be just tech strings. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Matthew. I really enjoyed this and I can't wait for the book to come out. I'll be able to share it with everybody and grab a couple of copies for myself. Oh, and the pleasure is all mine. I wish you the best of success. Thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you. And yeah, thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Well-Paid Creative. All the discussions we have around these episodes mean a lot to me, and I love how much I learn from the creatives who listen in. Before we head out, if you want access to free resources, trainings, and a community of creative pros just like you, visit wellpaidcreative.com where you can find all this and more. Join me for the next episode as we continue discussing how you can grow and love a profitable creative business. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone you think would benefit. Thanks so much. See you soon.